Welcome to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Last year in the Volta, we saw Zwift Academy winner Jay Vine come desperately close to a stage win. And this year, another Zwift Academy winner, Neve Bradbury, performed brilliantly at the Giro Donna, finishing 10th overall. Well, it's all about to kick off again. Registrations are open and the Zwift Academy starts on the 12th of September. Importantly, it's not just about elite riders chasing a pro contract. Anyone can take part. The Zwift Academy features six structured workouts over four weeks. And after you've graduated, Zwift will share workout and training recommendations based on your results. It's a great way to find your strengths and go further. So if you want to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Now here's Christoph and Macca with the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Bonjour, bonjour, buenos dias, hola a todos and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I am here on location for the start and the finish of the stage. Today we are in Talaverna de la Reina and I am joined today by Gracie Elvin. How are you, Gracie? Hola, Christophe. So nice to see you again after a few weeks of watching the racing from my couch and listening to your, you guys on the pod. It's nice to be back again. It's incredible that we said we were bookending uh, with you and we are actually doing it now. It's already the end of this Vuelta. It's gone so fast. It really has. This year has gone so fast. But yeah, this race certainly has just flown by and I can't believe we're on the last weekend. But I think we've got a few more exciting days of racing to, to follow along with. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much to uh, to play uh, for still at this uh, this Vuelta, believe me. And you thought he wasn't here, but of course he's here. It's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Mate, I am never... You can't kick me out of this room, even if you tried. Like Hello, Gracie. Good to see you again. Good to hear you. Christoph, uh, your pronunciation of that town, mate, you are becoming very Spanish. You even look a little bit Spanish, but... Just watch your back because I've done some homework already on today's town. And in 1809, the French were defeated uh, by the Spanish, um, I don't know, it was some war. <laughs> anyway, you got your butts kicked, so don't just tone down the French accent. I, I like how you do your research then. That's good. That's, good. <laughs> That's my kind of research. <laughs> yes, uh, it's called... It's called Talavera de la Reina, and we just learned that Talavera is a kind of uh, of uh, enamel, the, the typical white and blue Spanish enamel, which apparently originates from here. Okay, let's talk cycling. Uh, so much has happened yesterday, and not for the good of us, because sadly, Jevine had to retire Maca. What a drama for us. Look at uh, uh, this footage, if I can uh, if I can play here. Yeah, just terrible, terrible, terrible for, for Jevine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and actually, Christoph, you were the one who alerted me because this vision was not live at the time. The the race uh, coverage had not begun anywhere in the world, but obviously they had uh, Spanish TV, had cameras there on the ground. So apparently he has broken a wrist or fractured a wrist. Um, 
you know, and he's knocked himself around a bit and maybe a little bit of concussion at the time. I think when you hit the deck these days, it's it's almost expected, isn't it, that there's potentially some concussion. But just really sad that he's out with three days to go. It didn't matter really if he didn't do anything else in terms of results. He was going to go home a champion. He still goes home a bleak a champion, but without finishing the race. So, yeah, really disappointed for Jay. And, you know, I think you can never say it was in the bag, but he had a pretty good stranglehold on that polka dot jersey as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, Gracie, is, is footage that we absolutely don't want to see, uh, especially on someone like Jevain. He was so calm, collected, analytical. It fractured everything. Uh, but that crash yesterday, there was some some other good so-called good riders in Pedersen I believe uh, uh, Luke Plapp was there as well I believe from the footage so devastating for us it really is I'm wearing the uh, polka dots in uh, <laughs> honor of Jay I think yeah super disappointed for him I know Christoph how much you love the polka dot jersey but you know all of us were backing him it's really great to see an Aussie going for stage wins and those jerseys and he was doing a fantastic job as you said it wasn't sewn up but he certainly had an awesome chance to take that polka dot jersey home back to his uh, home I think in Girona and Andorra and definitely back to Australia so I think he's just going to have that fire in his belly going forward, but it's just going to take some time for recovery. But him and his wife, Breathe, Team Vine, they're going to get through it together. They're super disappointed, and, and rightly so. We could see that emotion from that video footage of him just, you know, he's so deflated. It's it's such a huge effort to do a Grand Tour. Like, I was in tears just after our Tour de France because I was tired and I wasn't ever riding my bike. So I can only empathize of of how he was feeling he's just put so much work into getting there in the first place and then performing the way he did but you know he still has two stage wins and you can't take that away from him it's already been a massive success of a volta it just was a very unfortunate way to end it and it was good to see that other riders weren't as hurt as him, but it yeah. was certainly a nasty crash and to see other riders down on the tarmac as well. It's never what you want to see, but unfortunately it's part of our sport. Uh, you don't want to see the cameras taking too much uh, time on these riders, but that's part of it too. So mm. yeah, I think that what we were seeing is maybe not the worst of it. I think you were saying off camera that you cut out some of the more gruesome bits. So I'm glad I didn't yeah. have to see that because mm. you don't really want to see <laughs> That's Spanish TV for you. you know. they, they've got, <laughs> their, their boundaries are, their boundaries are uh, uh, a lot different than what we may have actually in, uh, in Australia. So that was a, a lot harder. Uh, Maka, we're going to finish on this, but I think I, I really want to send uh, our heartfelt uh, thoughts to, 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 to Jay, but also to Brie. We know how much work there's been going on behind the scene. Uh, and we we joked about the war room uh, but everything was planned and i'm sure this wasn't factored in so if you any one of the catch bulletin want to send messages to them i know brie is watching this uh this podcast right now so you can actually uh send messages here and i'm sure she would be uh super pleased to read them okay we had a race on our own uh, on our hand yesterday maka uh before we discover the winner we saw it is is remco evonopo uh so he's, he's in red he's won the stage but uh almeida how good was almeida yesterday maka? yeah almeida was good and uae team emirates were really good as a team because the day before i was pretty critical of them um in the way almeida attacked while yeah. his teammate ayuso was getting dropped and remember he's fighting for a podium spot ayuso but they absolutely, as a team, were exceptional. Almeida, yes, he was too. But as a team, I thought Marc Soler, uh, he sat up and went back. Oliveira as well. They just, 
utilised every rider. And I think maybe they got a bit of a kick up the butt from the director sportifs. I mean, part of that blame has to go on the director sportifs for not sort of yeah. drilling it into them. And we've got to remember that Ayuso is 19 years of age. Um, that doesn't yeah. instantly give you give you an excuse for doing the wrong thing. But wow, he, he this kid, he's a kid, he's a baby. He's just learning the ropes, so they need to be guided by experienced directors. But you're right, they were brilliant. Yeah, this is one of these riders that isn't uh, born in the same uh, millennium than you and I uh, and Gracie, actually, for that matter. So, uh, even Gracie? Is, uh, still very, uh, yeah, even Gracie. Just wow. borderline, I think, Gracie. <laughs> she looks well, forever I, young. Well, Gracie I use, forever young so. <laughs> I use a lot of sunscreen, but definitely well back in the other century. <laughs> Is a dig at me. Is a dig at me. I, I actually do use sun cream as well, but my skin just basically it's not working. In, you know, it comes as a, <laughs> as a broad, It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Okay, let's listen to uh, Almeida. I mean, I was hoping to yeah maybe have a little bit more room, more 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 time. Uh, but yeah, I also would know that they would not let me go very far. Uh, yeah, but we tried everything, so we were happy. No, we had already planned, and uh, and we did. Uh, we did it perfect like we, we thought, so we can be proud of ourselves. Do you think there will still be chances to, to do something like that again on Saturday? Yes, it's over, it's over. Maybe, yeah, maybe Saturday. It's uh, also hard stage, up and down. And then it's all about the legs, so who isn't 99%? It's gone all this time, so let's, let's keep praying for yeah, some bad day for you guys. So that was uh, Almeida, yeah, and he, he just sums it up. The, the team did a very good job. Uh, so that was uh, that was the role of UAE yesterday. Now let's talk about Yumbo because Robert Guessing yesterday did a display, and we talked about it with you, uh, Maka, on the pod before on mm. how free will the Yumbo guys would be since the departure, the sad departure of uh, of, uh, of Primoz Roglic. So let's listen to him, and then we'll debate their role yesterday. Ah, well, happy, happy is not really the right word, I guess, but uh, yeah, uh, I was happy to be in the break and I was happy until the last 200 meters, but uh, yeah, not so happy uh, after that. Well, yeah, uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I was happy we could reset uh, the team, reset our uh, spirits, uh, our mindset. We all came here to win with Primoz and uh, yesterday was a tough day, therefore, um, and I think today we showed that we... Uh, we had the legs to, to do something nice with the team, with him, but um, um, yeah, unfortunately it was a great day until 200 meters ago. Well, it's not fun, but you know, I, three years ago I changed my, uh, my style of riding and my, my work, my training, everything to, uh, to support uh, uh, our GC uh, men. And uh, then to change back, uh, I wasn't sure I could do it, so actually I guess I'm quite, quite happy to know that I can change back and ride for myself once again and uh, uh, unfortunately uh, there were two uh, slightly better today so uh, yeah that was tough to see and uh, ah, it's, uh, it's also kind of nice to, to ride for victory again but yeah uh, I'm not gonna say I'm the happiest man on the earth right now. He's not the happiest man on, on the earth right now but Maka it's interesting to to see that he enjoyed uh, going back to a, a different type of racing that he hasn't done for, for a couple of years. Explain to us what would that actually mean in terms of different training or different attitude? What, what, is he, does, what does he actually mean by that? Well, actually, can I handball this to Gracie? You're <laughs> yeah, more yeah. recent, Gracie. I'm sort of being serious. You, you can probably explain a bit better what 
Robert Gessink because he was a GC guy, as we know. He was touted potentially as the next Dutch winner of the tour. And then obviously as the years went on, he was probably never going to win the tour. But yeah, Gracie, I'll be interested in your thoughts on how he changed his training. Well, thanks for that. I, my big, my big question was, yeah, how did how did he do it? I, I want to know. I'd like to have a little article to read about that. Um, no, in all uh, honesty, it could have been a number of things. I think that you know, body composition has something to do with it. Training load and ability to handle high loads, and you could see in that final, he just didn't have any kick and of course you wouldn't after the huge effort he put in but you could just see that his engine is a diesel engine and and he needs that he needs to pull on the front he needs to do big days in the mountains to support those gc guys so he probably doesn't do hardly any uh, lactate style high intensity training for short periods of time he probably does a ton of 20 minute efforts 40 minute efforts uh, a lot of days probably low fueled riding days, uh, a whole range of stuff to just make him a super strong workhorse. And I think he was referring to that. I don't know if yeah. I can race for myself. And, and in saying that, he's he might be saying, I don't know if I my legs are quick enough anymore to finish off a race if I'm not alone. And unfortunately, he didn't get that chance and it was so close. I think all of us watching were just like, oh, damn. But, mm -hmm. you know, the interview he gave was very lighthearted. He was, of course, he was frustrated, but I think if you saw the same result from a much younger rider, they would have been ruining the day. Whereas he was just like, look, I, I tried, you know, of course we have to change tactics in our team and, and this is not the kind of rider I am, but I, I had to go anyway. And he's near the end of his career. He got to wear the red jersey at the start of this tour. So I think he's just happy for anything and every result is a bonus. Yeah, there's a good comment here from uh, from Kimberly. Bring the turbo back to the diesel. It's uh, you know, you can actually uh, you can actually be both. He's right. Absolutely, yeah. can be both. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, it, can I just I'll just add yeah, you you're spot on, Gracie. Just I thought you gave a good sort of description there of probably the training that he's done. And I don't know if you noticed, but he was in the big chain ring from for a big chunk of that climb, or it's certainly the last five kilometers. He was in the big chain ring, so he was grinding that big gear. And I'm with you. I was devastated for Robert Gessink. He's he's such a gentleman. I've interviewed him a few times over the years, and he's a really nice guy. And um, would have been great. Would have just capped off his career to to bookend it with another stage win because he's won a stage at the Vuelta before. But anyway, he didn't get it, did he? So, <laughs> he's, uh, but he gave it a good crack. Move on. <laughs> yeah. but, but that that brings a discussion about the the role. Of, of of the riders now of, of Yumbo, are they going to go for for stages because that's what's left, or are they going to just fade away in a, in a sunshine maker? No, I think absolutely. Look, I, I would have loved to have seen Chris Harper yesterday in the break, but I think um, the fact that Robert Gessing got in there and almost won the stage, I think that'll reignite a couple of their guys. Um, and I would would not surprise me at all today or tomorrow that Chris Harper gets in the breakaway. He's he's proven throughout the three-week journey that he's had really good legs. He's been climbing actually really well. And, you know, when that peloton has been split down to 20-odd riders, he's been the guy causing the problems on the front when Roglic was still in the race, obviously. So, no, I've got confidence Chris Harper can deliver. It's just whether or not he's picked himself up mentally, Gracie. And, and I'm... Uh, and, and it's excusable if he ha if he hasn't. 
you know, that's a tough thing when you lose your team leader. So, but I hope he has, and I hope he's got the mindset and maybe again, guessing has reignited that for, for him and the rest of the guys. Yep. Yeah, absolutely I agree that... on this. Uh, a few more stages to, uh, to, to uh, sorry, Gracie. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, that tonight they have a really, another great chance for a breakaway. So we can talk mm. a bit more about that later, but, you know, every day is a chance and you have to keep that fire in your belly. Otherwise, grand tours would be a very miserable thing to do. Yeah, there's a, there's a comment here from a, from a Deb that says, I don't think how Yumbo knows how to lay down. They just, they just can't stop working. It's just a winning machine. That's the attitude. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some nice messages here. I'm just going to put them here for for Jay Vine and uh, so like Brie can see them uh, and, and other like people like you can uh, can actually read them. Let's uh, move on on this. Uh, ben O'Connor. Let's talk about Ben uh, yesterday. What did you make of his performance, uh, Maka? Because he, he has some pretty strong word about himself. Yes, okay. Well, I haven't listened to his interview yet, so I'll be interested to hear it. But from my from where I was sitting uh, during the broadcast, I thought he was brilliant. And I thought he was sort of back to his, you know, close to his best, his attacking style. And, um, yeah, I was really enthused by Ben O'Connor's performance uh, last night. I thought it's coming late, this good form, but it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, late's better than never, isn't it? So, um no, I thought he. I thought he was really good. But that's why I wanted to have your reactions without you seeing this interview because it's a bit harder than this on himself. Let's listen to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't up to us to ride, but yeah, it was good actually. It was good racing today. I'm a bit pissed off to be honest because uh, I think I rode a bit stupid today, and I think uh, I could have fought for the win today. So. Not really so happy to be honest. But, uh, you, you said it was stupid. Actually, you look very strong. Actually, no, I know that's why it's stupid because uh, I think I could have waited and uh, had a better chance at the final there. Um, but it was obviously very difficult. Arnsman was playing a good game and uh, just following me as much as he could, so he did a good ride. Oh, everyone thinks that. Uh, it was one of the weirdest stages I've seen actually, with all that was going with Almeida up the front, with it all splitting apart. How was it from your point of view? <laughs> I actually didn't mind it. I mean, it wasn't stressful for us. You know, it didn't really affect me too much. It just made the race a bit more, a bit more hard and quite fun today. It was uh, nice to have a fun stage where it's a bit chaotic because uh, every other day has been a bit too simple for me. So that was uh, Ben O'Connor. So my car reaction, and we get Gracie's reaction as well. He thought his attitude or his performance was stupid. Yeah, um, yeah. Imagine, and this is just, um, I'm being silly here, but imagine flipping that, what he said. Imagine if John Trevorrow said, do you think you rode stupid today? <laughs> At the end of a 190-kilometre stage, the reaction wouldn't have been good, would it? But I love his honesty. I love his honesty. I think, oh, look, maybe there's a little bit of truth in what he's saying. Maybe he attacked too many times, but no, I, I think he's also being probably a little bit harsh on himself, um, Gracie. Oh, yeah, definitely being hard on himself. But that's why we love him and that's why he's a great athlete. He was one of my favourite Aussies to interview at the Tour de France until he unfortunately had to leave. He was He's just honest and he says what he kind of thinks in the moment and I really respect that. I think he's a very analytical rider, but he's not afraid to say it either. And I think a lot of riders that are tactically um, smart as well is really strong. They do keep their cards close to their chest and he is less so like that. I think he's just this really fresh 
personality at this top level of GC writing. So I'm really enjoying it. I got to enjoy every time I got to talk to him, but I'm still enjoying listening to some of these interviews now. I think that he should be frustrated, of course, but I think he would be much more frustrated at himself if he'd done less. I think this was a great learning opportunity for him to get his confidence back again. It's great to see him building through this tour rather than fading because that's also that was a risk yeah. for him yeah. to just have a really crap time and actually feel worse than he did after this tour than he was hoping to kind of you know get back on track after the the misfortune at the tour de france so i think he's having a huge success to get to week three looking good having a go making mistakes that he can rectify potentially today or tomorrow but if not going forward into the next last few races of the season and just go okay mm -hmm. I finished this season as best I could. I'm really proud of that. I tried something. It might not have gotten me any wins, but it will just help him going forward to next year. Yeah, yeah I and agree on this one. Yeah, I, I just want to say just one other thing to that, Gracie, what you said about Ben and how he was enjoyable to interview and being honest. And it's this generation, I feel, too, that we're seeing. It's like this Fred Wright. I'm loving listening to him and... They're just not holding back. They're, they're respectful, but they're just saying what they think, saying how it is, and it's a real breath of fresh air, isn't it? It really is. It's 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 a pleasure to, to watch and be part of, and it's just it makes you realise all of that secret squirrel stuff is not good entertainment. And, you know, of course we love to speculate about who's feeling what, but when they're giving honest answers, you, you don't have much more room left for speculation. All you can do is just sit back and enjoy the show. Or you make the speculation even more fun because <laughs> we can get we can speculate <laughs> uh talking about new generation we've got uh, remco as a as a winner yesterday of the stage winning in red let's listen to him and then uh, we'll have a, a bit of a discussion about what does this mean for for the race this is the winner of the stage yesterday remco evanepo oh, you were a time trial stage winner you had a comfortable lead but now you are a mountain stage winner how good yeah, is it yeah yeah that's uh it's really uh I think a new achievement in my uh, in my life. Uh, it was uh, a pretty tough stage with really hard climbs in the final, uh, early attacks from uh, from uh, UAE with Almeida. So the race was really hard, but we always stay calm, and I think that's uh, that's what I learned the most is to always stay calm. And uh, it's like in the last kilometer, we were like still 15 seconds from guessing or 20. And in the end, we come to him at 300 and I go at 200 because I knew it was uh, quite flat. And in the winter, I worked a lot of my sprints after big efforts, so it paid off. You said it's a big achievement, but it looks like only at the very end you have looked for the stage win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the goal is always to try and let the breakaway go because um, then the like this, the bonifications are gone. And uh, yeah, in the end, class uh, said that I was gone with Hendrik. So that's uh, the moment that I made a click and uh, told to myself, now you go for the stage as well. Uh, because winning a mountain top in a red jersey is uh, is amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, Henrik is a really fair play guy. Like uh, in the end, we worked together to go for the stage win because he he also wanted to try and go. But in the end, it's a sprint. And uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, it was a big race from the team. Uh, so yeah, perfect day, I think. This was the most perfect day ever. Are you even more confident? Thanks, mate. Thank you. See you 
Are you even more confident to win La Vuelta today? Oh, it's still not done, you know. Uh, still one really hard stage to come and um, they will for sure attack me. Um, but maybe, maybe now it's even more easy to, uh, to control it uh, because I feel that my legs are really good. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, very good for me and for the team for the last two days. Officer. Three days, sorry. I love this. Two days, uh, three days. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, Just make that's sure the, you turn uh, up for the last the mistake day. Right? That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that would just be uh, quite funny. But Remco used the word calm. Uh, and, and there's something he's going to have to learn to live with. Let's play this. That was uh, off some of the interview yesterday. Uh, and then let's chit chat about it. So we had to, to put his team on the front very, very early. So, um, yeah. That definitely helped us. Can you ask them to be a bit more calm, please? Calm, 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 calm. Otherwise, I don't, I don't hear the questions. Otherwise, so uh, yeah, I think we're just having a, a little bit of fun here, Macaba. Uh, if he doesn't like the chance, it's a good thing he didn't become a, a football player, a professional football player, isn't it? it? Maybe that's maybe that's why he didn't. He thought he'd, he'd choose the quiet life and become a pro <laughs> cyclist, but. Um, Mate, I've got news for you. We're just as crazy in this sport as well. Hey, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want to just point out how good the microphones are because we can actually hear the questions yeah. and his answers quite well. And when you're in their real life, you can't hear yourself thinking. Maka, you and I had a few times at the tour when we had great microphones and I'm sure the camera was mm. picking us up quite well, but we could not hear each other or ourselves thinking. Yeah, so I definitely could feel for Remco in that moment. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but he, lo he looks a lot calmer, a lot more in control. He knows that the end of the race is, is near. Uh, and Maka, do, do you get this as well? Even in his, in his sort of uh, behavior on and off the camera, the way he is now, he looks a little bit more like the boss of this race. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's your typical, what, 21, 22, three-year-old. He's got confidence. You know, he, he oozes naturally plenty of confidence and the fact that he, he's he's holding firm in that jersey, you know, um, Mus tried to attack him yesterday and we'll, I want to talk a bit more about that in a minute. But look, at the moment, he's believing now that he can win this, you know, as long as he um, tactically does everything right, as long as the team do enough for him, he believes he is strong enough to win. So, yeah, he's, he's feeling, you know, he, he can see Madrid on the horizon and... He's starting to think about the celebrations. Yeah, and my guy, as we say in Australia or in France and Australia, he doesn't believe he knows. You know, he knows he can win this one. Yeah, know? he does. But uh, let's talk it's about not done. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> let's it's not the done. finish line, and they still have last last stage as well in uh, in Madrid, yeah. which is a procession, but you still have to finish it. Yeah. Uh, a bit like the Champs Elysees uh, in Paris. Uh, very quickly, you wanted to have a word about Mass. Yeah, I just want to touch on Mass and. I, I probably should have queued you up uh, we, if we could have got this vision. But when Mus attacked him, you know, numerous times on that last climb uh, last night, at the end he attacked him and went long. The, the first attacks were sort of two, three hundred metres. Remco covered him and then Mus had realised and he'd sit up. And then he did this long attack and he actually put Remco under a little bit of pressure. Now, if I was Movistar and if I've watched the tapes post-stage, 
or if I was a friend of Movistar, I would be picking up the phone and telling them he needs to attack on a long climb and he needs to go long range, Gracie. He needs to go into the, the watts. He needs to go scientific. Even though Remco is going to be right on his wheel, he needs to actually lay it all out there and try because I believe that uh, Musk can still win this race. Musk needs to take a leaf yeah, out of Annemiek van Vluten's book, I think. Yeah I, yeah, I agree. I think he just needs to go and and ride that pace that he know he can sustain for as long as he needs to, to sustain it for, more than 20 minutes by the look mm -hmm. of it. And, yeah, just go for it. Um, yeah, I think that that's the only way. I don't think that he's going to have any success doing what he did on that last stage. So it's really interesting watching it from the camera point of view of just going, oh, just go that last, that little bit longer when you can see the riders under pressure there. So it's a, a really interesting take, isn't it, of, you know, how much is it of strength and how much of it is confidence and yeah. how much confidence do you mm -hmm. need versus, you know, your, your physical abilities to, to really finish off a job like that. And, and Mars is one of the world's best climbers, but we can't quite tell fully with body language how he's really feeling and going. But if he can keep doing what he was doing, why shouldn't he be able to just put in one or two really much better attacks and for longer? Yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm losing my connection a little bit here, but I think I'm back. Uh, thumbs up if I'm back, I'm not too sure. Uh, but let's move on uh, about the the stage tonight. Uh, Maka, this is what we have on our hands tonight. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So you are at the start line and you are at the finish line. So they do two big laps. As you can see, same climb twice, category two, um, 18 kilometres. So it's a long climb. 18 kilometres, it's only at 4%, but there are some downhill and flat sections in the middle, which you can sort of see via that profile. So that skews, again, the average gradient because there's multiple grades of 6 7%, but not nothing too steep. Um, but there's a couple of things here that I get excited about, guys. Um, one is that it's, well, two, two times 18-kilometre climb, and the other one is it's only 138 kilometres. And in Grand Tours in the last 10 years, the shortest stages generally are the most dynamic. So this is no walk in the park, in my opinion. Uh, Gracie, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I think we've lost Christoph and we will continue on. <laughs> That's all right. We don't need Christoph, do we? Yeah. He's only running nah, the nah. show. We'll get rid of him. I won't leave, let him back in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what, what do you think of this? Because it's 138 kilometres. For me, I think it, it can end up being very dynamic. Yeah, look, I think this, this has got breakaway written all over it. I'm not sure if it's going to be the first breakaway, the long break or the early break that stays away for the whole day. I hope not. I hope that it is a bit more dynamic and we can see it, you know, attacking on that second lap on the second climb as well. I don't, even though it's a long, longer climb, it's not a super tough one. So I think that it's going to be, you know, open for groups coming together, splitting up, coming back together again until that right combination of riders goes. The GC riders want their last really tough day to be on Saturday. So 
maybe they want to save a bit of energy on this stage and just let the breakaway go. And I don't think it's going to be a sprinter stage either. It's just a little bit too hard for the sprint teams to control. Save your energy exactly the same to get through a tough mountain day so you can have that really great sprint in Madrid. So, yeah, for me, it's it's a day for the breakaway and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. And I'm, I really don't know who I would put my money on for this kind of stage. Chris Harper. <laughs> what about what about what about i'm back by the way sorry uh, my yeah, connection i tried off, to so not let you in actually hear me well now uh, <laughs> yeah i saw that i was kicked out of the thing several times thank you very much uh, i feel appreciated <laughs> uh, let's listen to uh, lawson craddock on what he has to say about the stage today uh, i think i think we'll just see kind of how the race plays out tomorrow um i expect a pretty aggressive day again from the peloton and uh doesn't necessarily seem like a GC day uh, with the climb. Yeah, the the circuit with the climb uh, not being crazy difficult, but uh, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it's kind of one of those in betweens. It probably won't be a big bunch sprint, but it probably won't be a true GC day, which makes opportunities for for guys like me. So uh, I'll see how I pull up tomorrow, and then uh, yeah, kind of play it by ear in the morning. Played by here and have a, have a rest day. I don't think that's something someone in our team believes. When you say you might have a rest day tomorrow, I don't believe you, mate. I don't think you know how to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, it just yeah. Sometimes when the legs are there, you 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 enjoy racing on on uh, in races like this. And uh, yeah, it's a big opportunity to be here at the Vuelta, one of the biggest races in the world, and uh, having the legs to actually actually really race so uh we'll see how i pull up tomorrow and then uh hopefully give it a, a good crack gracie chances for chances for someone like uh, like lawson he's been trying so hard during this vuelta is is he really deserves a win uh but mm. are we or can we expect another crack from him well, it's really his last opportunity, to be fair. So I think he's he's shown his desire and intention to go for a Vuelta stage win. He's been so close. You can't really fault him on how hard he's tried and how he's tried to execute it. He's he's noted that, you know, he's not quite the best climber sometimes or the fastest sprinter in the groups that he, he's found himself in. But I think he's just tried to play his hand. And you've just got to chase the hand sometimes too. So he's going to be pretty tired for t tonight's stage. But I think that, you know, if he sees the opportunity, if he can follow a wheel into a good breakaway, or he can see that group that looks a bit suspiciously too good to be true going up the road, I'm sure he's going to try and make sure he's there with them. So there's the stage. And I'll just see what other interviews we have got here, Gracie. We have, let's change tact now. Let's move to the... Sarah Tizit, uh, which is on stage, what are we, on to stage three tonight, so stage two overnight, and Amit Van Vluten, uh, here she is here, winning the stage. She's just about got to be the favourite, doesn't she? The outright favourite for the world champs at the moment, Gracie? Oh, yeah, you've got to say that she's going to be the, one of the outright favourites. She's won this stage two of the Vuelta Challenge uh, for the, the women's version. It's a five-day race this year, which is great. We'd like to see it a little bit longer, and, and there's rumours that it will be longer next year and possibly in wow. May. Um, but, yeah, look, that was a classic Flutie move, attacking in with about 30K to go up the, at the bottom of a long climb. As I said, try to segue before. That's what Mas, Mas needs to do, so hopefully he saw some of that footage. 
Um, yeah, I think that she is going to be taking out this stage race, but we've got three more great stages to come. And uh, this is a really good way to see some riders forms going into the World Championships in a few weeks' time. So Anamik is definitely, you know, showing us that she's maintaining that pretty amazing form that she's had all year, but especially at the Tour de France and, and now at the Vuelta. And did you see, Gracie, over, I, I saw just before, like yep. very, very, um, about half an hour ago, which means this is fairly recent, she got up this morning and she went out for a two-hour bike ride before the stage. So 12 hours after winning that stage, she's gone out and done two hours. <laughs> she put a tweet out to the, 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 the town that she was staying in and said, anyone who wants to join me for a ride, a few locals turned up and they took off on a ride. <laughs> that's funny i'm not surprised though she'd be one of the few riders at this race that is losing fitness throughout the tour because the stages aren't long or hard enough and she did say that before the vuelta the the challenge by la vuelta began that she wasn't sure if she could even win it overall because it wasn't hard enough and for her that's quite hard to control then so yeah. it's funny when you hear a rider say that that this might be the toughest race for her to win because it's not hard enough so, you know, read into that as you like. But for Anamik, she wants hard stages and she wants hard training, especially going into the World Championships. Yeah. So she's doing those extra miles around the racing. And uh, will we see her do a solo attack for the majority of the world's race like she did back mm. in 2019? Let's listen to Anamik, actually, because she talks about the harness of the race. Anamik, one more victory, GC leadership, how do you feel about it? Uh, I had no clue. Uh, after the Tour de France, I had some time off uh, at home and then I went back for training. I just came back from altitude. So then you're always a bit insecure how you are. And especially it's the second day. Normally, uh, like in the Tour de France, I attacked on the seventh day. Then everyone's a bit more tired. Now is everyone still fresh? Uh, and I haven't seen them for five weeks, my competitors. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, but it was a really good teamwork. And uh, that makes it more special, this victory, I think. We set it up as a team. We start to ride, make it hard on the third climb. So uh, was, uh, that made it uh, special today, that they will uh, set it up for me to attack. Talking about your colleagues, an amazing year from Sarah Ott. What did you plan for today? Yeah, because it's quite a, uh, a bit shorter stage, 100 kilometers, we're more used to 150 on the 60. So then I know that it should be hard from the gun. And uh, that's why I need my teammates to make it hard on the third climb already, the other side. Uh, so that before I attack, they were already suffering. So, Anamik, what can we expect from you uh, from tomorrow? Yeah, I knew that this is the hardest stage, but I also know that uh, it's never over until Madrid. Um, it's, uh, it's also the stage four, but first we take it day by day, but stage four I also know it really can be windy. Uh, I raced there before in the World Cup in 2011 in Valladolid. I know how it's open it can be there, so it's also dangerous stage. Uh, and tomorrow I know the road's perfect because uh, I have been training in Cantabria for two times now. Thank you, Amelia, and congratulations. Thank you. Maka, lucidity. Maturity, that's what we can say from a from Anamic. Yeah, yeah. She's she will go down as one of the greats when her career is done. She's she's brilliant and I know you've sung her praises, uh, Gracie as well. And um but yeah, she is wow, she's something special. She's next level. And the fact that you said then and you don't think about it really in professional cycling, certainly not in the men and 
you know, not in either men or the women, but you say, you know, this race isn't hard enough for her. Um, so it's a stage race, but she doesn't think it's hard enough. So she's going out doing extra kilometres. I mean, the only time I know the men sort of do that sort of stuff is when they're prepping for Milan San Remo because it's a 290 kilometre race. But yeah, she's a she's a unique athlete. Yeah, she really is. And just watching her firsthand, the work she's done the last five years is exceptional. But I think she's just turning it up just one more gear in her second last season and, and next year will be her final season. I think that we're going to see some pretty incredible performances coming out of her. I know that she'll really want to finish her career on a high. But being that, that being said, I think she is already really proud of everything she's achieved and she just is really trying hard to have a bit of fun along the way mm. too and not just have her head down and the blinkers on in this last phase of her career. So you can see that in some of the interviews. She's she's enjoying herself. She's relaxed. She's not putting too much pressure on herself and she's just picking the bigger races that she really wants to target and the rest is just a bonus because she just loves to win. <laughs> Have we still got you, Christoph? Yeah. Yes, I'm still here. I'm still like, there's a lot of people <laughs> coming up here. This is why the connection is getting, uh, I can try to swing around. Uh, and just to finish this podcast, I'm going to swing around and walk away. I'm going to show you how I did this podcast today. This is my setup today. I was on the Olympic rings. Look. Oh, very nice. For some reason, but the start of the, the stage today, yeah, the start of the stage today is here. Let me uh, see if I can actually go walk backwards. This is where the stage will start today. You Beautiful. Can't say I'm not on location, Maka. You can't say I'm. I'm and uh, uh, can you give us a quick weather update? I'm presuming it's warm. Is it going right. to be a hot Thank you for, day? I'm, I'm going to be in the sun. Yeah, I'm putting myself in the sun. Here's my uh, here's my weather update, Maka. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. You know what? I think we should shut this down before your your internet completely explodes, Christoph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. This was the uh, Zwift uh, SBS Cycling Podcast, and uh, we'll see you same place, same time tomorrow. Hopefully, with a better connection. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you, Maka. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks for listening to the SBS Volta Espana Podcast with Zwift. After five weeks on the road at the Tour and no riding, I'm seriously playing some fitness catch-up with Walter Inspiration. To help with my motivation, I've set myself a target of finding a team and getting involved with the Zwift Racing League. Round one starts on the 13th of September and goes to the 18th of October. One race per week for six weeks. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or like me getting back into things, or you're a six watts per kilo monster, you'll find a level of racing to suit. So if you're up for the fun cycling challenge, dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com and find your ZRL team or register if you're all ready to go by Sunday the 11th of September. Hopefully, I'll see you on the start line soon. Ride on.